Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. And so we're kicking off the year and uh, the, the title of the message this morning is Kicking the Year Off Right. And uh, the year has already started, like we're on the 15th of Jan, so we're halfway through the first month of the year. So it's already started. A lot of you are back at work and uh, things are running and, and maybe kicking the year off right uh, seems like a, a title that's not applicable to you. Um, but uh, if we need course correction, it doesn't matter when it is in the year. God doesn't work in, uh, in, in, in year, so to speak. God is constant. 1st of Jan all the way through 31st of Jan, uh, 31st of December, he's continuously moving and directing and, and shaping. And so if you need course correction today and we're humble enough to receive that course correction, it's going to uh, catapult us into more fruitfulness. Amen. So let's kick off the year off right. And that's what I've entitled the message. And as I was preparing and, and praying, the, 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 the phrase laying down and picking up came up quite strongly laying down and picking up and I really believe that for a number of us even today like even though we only halfway through the month of Jan God is going to lead you to lay some things down some plans that you've already set out for yourself for this year and that seems maybe scary for for some of you because you're like man but I I was really excited for this I was really uh, hoping uh, to accomplish this this year if you've got that response to that phrase of You might need to lay some things down that you've planned, that you've purposed for this year through God's leading. If that is your response, you don't believe that God's plans for you is better than your plans for yourself. Who here believes that God's plans for you is better than your plans for yourself? I believe that. So if I'm going to come to a moment where where, where God shows me something that I need to change and something that I need to lay down, I'm going to jump at the opportunity. Because I know it's going to be more fruitful for me. It's going to bring about more uh, transformation in my life. That doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be easy. Because sometimes when we, when we plan and we strategizing and we invest money, it's difficult to now retract, right? Because like, we've put something in there. But eternity is a very long time. And I want in eternity to, to, to celebrate the decisions that are made on earth. One of the decisions that we made, and all of us made, I believe, and you haven't yet, then you'll get an opportunity to receive Christ. But from that moment, for the rest of our lives here on earth, we get to make various decisions. And if it's decisions that is in line with God's will and His word, it's going to bring about fruitfulness. But this morning, all of us are sitting in one of two camps, and maybe not to uh, a large degree, but I believe to some degree, all of us are sitting in one of two camps this morning, and we need to identify which camp that is, so that we can move from point A to point B. If you don't know where you are, then you can't move to where you want to be. So we need to identify where we are. And the two camps are the overcommitting or overachieving, and then the undercommitting or underachieving. And it's basically it boils down to laying down and picking up. And so for the overcommitting, there's a call to lay down, and for the undercommitting, there's a call to pick up. And like I said, this year is going to boil down to a number of decisions. Every day, we're surrounded with decisions. Am I going to take this route? Am I going to uh, take a chance to go over the orange light? Bertie does that often. Um, No, I'm joking. Um, It's just a joke. Um, Every day we get to make various decisions. What shirt am I going to wear today? What shoes am I going to put on today? Am I going to eat that 
that extra block of chocolate? Am I going to resist it? Am I going to leave it for tomorrow? Like we're surrounded with hundreds of decisions in a day, decisions that we need to make. Am I going to say this like that? Am I going to post this uh, to, 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 to social media? Um, whatever it may be, uh, work decisions. Like you guys get the, 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 the point. We are making decisions on a daily basis. Some of those decisions aren't necessarily life-changing, but then a lot of them are life-changing in the sense of the lives we are living and what we are going to be remembered for. All of us here this morning, if we had a funeral tomorrow, people are going to say something about your life at that funeral. And the decisions you are making on a daily basis is determining what people are going to say at your funeral. Every decision that you are making today is linked to something someone will say at your funeral. Think about that. And we've talked about this last year. Let's, 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 let's make a decision today with the end in mind. Let's make choices today with the end in mind. And the end meaning our funerals. Let's make decisions that is in line with me wanting people to celebrate my life. Rejoice in my life. Be thankful for my life. And the decisions that are made. Our lives in this year is going to be, be surrounded with opportunity to say yes and to say no. Last week uh, we looked at the, a passage of scripture. And uh, before we go there, anyone want to share something that stood out for them from last week's sharing? Uh, sharing and uh, uh, going back on scripture and, and uh, feasting on the word is, is part of our, our culture as well at Grace Life. When we have different meetings, life group, minor caves, and things like that, we often want to talk about, okay, cool, what did we, what did we talk about last week? What, what blessed us from last week? Or what is God saying to you today? Or what is He ministering to you today? So in light of last week, can anyone remember what we uh, shared or discussed at the picnic? God will can remember, or Mike can remember. Okay, so those guys who can remember, do you guys want to share anything that maybe blessed you or stood out for you? Uh, from the picnic. That's a different, uh, different answer now. It's good that you remembered. Um, I'm not going to put you on, your sp- on the spot if you remembered what we talked about and we, what we shared, but anything uh, that maybe blessed either of you guys and uh, uh, encouraged you and challenged you. Perfect, God. Uh, yeah, so we, we discussed the passage where Jesus was talking about the wise man and the, fool, uh, and the foolish man. Uh, the wise man is the one that builds his house on the rock. And the other one builds his, his house in sand. And you're saying that the wise man hears the word and does it, and the foolish man just hears the word and does nothing about it. So I think for me, what stood out is the fact that in both instances, they heard something. Mm. But one heard and, and did something about it, and the other one heard and did nothing about it. It's good. Amen. So um, that's what, uh, what we looked at, Matthew 7. And I'm going to look at those two specific verses, what God was talking about now, verse 24 and 26. And it says from the King James, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which builds his house upon a rock. Then verse 26 says, And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which builds his house upon the sand. And all of you, I believe, uh, knows the story. If you were here last week, then you know it. If you weren't, um, just in context, like God was said now, there were two men, they both heard the same thing. They received the same information. One acted on the information, and the other one also acted on. A lack of doing something is action. Unbelief is action. It's believing something different. You have belief in God, and then you have unbelief in God. It's a belief. Atheism is a belief. It's a choice to believe that there is no God. 
So all throughout life, every religion is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a faith, it's a belief. Now in the same, in this passage of scripture, Jesus said there were two men. The one was a wise man and the one was the fool. And either of them had the same opportunity. Either, both of them received the same word, the same instruction. But the one acted in one way and the other one acted in another way. And so the question I want to ask us all this morning, what are you doing with what Jesus has said? Fastings. Because Jesus has said something. He said a number of things, but Jesus said something. What are you doing with what he said? Oftentimes we want to stand still and we're waiting for Jesus to say something today. And he wants to say things to you today. He's saying things to you today through the word and, and, and uh, through the ministry that I'm giving you. But oftentimes we, we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're thinking something's going to happen. And we're not acting on what Jesus has already say, said. We're not stepping out on what he's already made available, what he's already made clear. One of them being Matthew 28. What's Matthew 28? One account of the Great Commission. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Anyone of you acting 100% fully, full steam on, on that invitation? I'm glad you didn't put up your hand because I, was, uh, I would have challenged you. Because even myself, I'm not fully stepping out on that. I'm growing in that. And there's always opportunity more to step out. To be more obedient. And so the question is, how much are you stepping out on what Jesus already said? Because all of us want to say probably this morning, man, I want to be considered a wise man. With my family, my peers, I want to be considered a wise man at my funeral. Where people say like, man, Etienne was a wise man. Not for the fact of esteem and, and, and anything like that. But for the fact that wisdom is linked to acting on the word of God. Wisdom is linked to you responding to you know, being obedient to the word of God. And so for all of us, it's, it's so simple, it's so clear. Doing something what he, with what he said is wisdom. And not doing something with what he said is foolishness. So you get to decide today, tomorrow, the rest of this year, whether you will be a fool or whether you will be a wise man. Isn't that amazing? Being a fool or being a wise man is your power. It's your choice. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 says, Wherefore seeing... We are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let's run with patience the race that is set before us. Now considering this, this year and uh, kicking in this year of right. And considering this, this, this idea of our, our, our lives as, as a, num a series of making different decisions and making different uh, uh, choices. Here the writer of Hebrews says... A few important things. First, he's saying that we are surrounded with a, a number of witnesses. And these witnesses are, are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Talking about all the, all the as they, some say, the, the hall of, all of faith. They're saying, so let's, let's consider this. And in light of that, the decisions that they made. And every one of these men and women of faith were commended for making a decision. A very important decision. To choose to believe in God and His goodness, firstly and foremostly. 
making that once-off decision, but the rest of their lives choosing to trust and rely on God's plan to save the world, which is the promise of God, His Holy Spirit. But then very practically it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. The word beset or the phrase beset is basically just gets us off track, paralyzes, hinders us. So what paralyzes, what hinders, what, what distracts us, gets us off course? It's two things, weight and sin. And weight and sin very, very simply defined is anything that's preventing us from running the race. We don't need to get specific. Oftentimes we want to be specific. We're like, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? It's very simple. Filter through this lens. Is this very thing preventing me from running the race? What race am I talking about? Some of you are thinking the race to be a successful business person. The race to be a mom or to be a dad. The race to be a a, 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 a husband or a wife. The race to be a pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the race of being a son, a child of God. Being a believer, being an ambassador. You get to be an ambassador through being a husband. Through being a wife. Through being a son or a daughter. Through being an employer or employee. Through all seasons of life, we get to be ambassadors. And that's the race that Hebrews is talking about. There are going to be things that's going to hinder us from being good ambassadors or going to prevent us from being good ambassadors. And then there's going to be weights and things that we want to pick up that's also going to pull us back. So this morning the question is, are there things that God is leading you to lay down? Firstly, and then secondly, are there things that God is inviting you to pick up? Now it's awesome to also know if we break down this, this term and this phrase sin in this, this passage of scripture and very much throughout the, the word sin, oftentimes when we think thin, sin we're thinking actions, we're thinking uh, the do's and the don'ts. And there are occasions where it's talking about the do's and the don'ts, but ultimately if you just break down sin, it's unbelief. It's unbelief in God. If we look at the beginning, Adam and Eve. Their sin wasn't the action of taking of the fruit. That was a byproduct of the root sin. And the root sin was unbelief. What did they not believe? They did not believe that God was good. They did not believe that God created them in His image, that God only had good for them. So they believed that God was withholding something from them. That's the one sin that all of us are struggling with or fighting with on a daily basis. It's unbelief in God. And the first belief, the, the first step of belief obviously is receiving Christ and believing that He's died for us and He was raised for us. And then we get to enjoy oneness with God through that, through receiving that gift. But then from that moment on, we're always going to be faced with this the sin of unbelief. Not believing that God is good, not believing that He only has good in store for me, not believing that I was firstly and foremostly created as a child of God to represent Him, to have Him live through me, as God will share in John chapter 4, for the Spirit of God to become wells of living water inside of us, gushing forth. What is gushing forth? If you stand close to any uh, waterfall, what happens? If you had Niagara Falls or Victoria Falls, you can feel water gushing from hundreds of meters away. And so God's desire for us, for our lives, is for people to experience life. 
to experience a flow whenever they close to us, whenever they come near. And I'm excited for all of us to become greater, wow, so to speak, greater waterfalls, so to speak, this year. But it's not going to happen by default, not, not just because I desire it, not just because you desire it, but it's going to come through you acting on it, you purposing it. Now, let's look at the word patience here. In verse 2, it says, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And let, let, I, let me say this again and reiterate this. The race that is set before us is the race that God has called you to. Again, it's not your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. Because oftentimes my dreams are actually just a weight. All of us are growing and becoming more like-minded to Christ. All of us are, are, are maturing in the identity and the reality of Christianity, right? So that means that as I'm growing and maturing, there's still parts of me that are missing it. Who would have imagined that? That it's in the past uh, misses it sometimes. Man, that happens, guys. And uh, if that offends you, then I'm sorry. But that's, that's life. Wherever you go, there's going to be leaders who's going to give you opportunity to be offended. They, they're going to miss it at, at times. The God, praise God that the qualification for becoming a pastor or being a leader is not perfection. Because then there won't be any pastors and leaders in, on earth. So we need to understand that there's a specific race that is set before us. It's not the race that, that of, like I said, of, of a career path, of a even parenting and things like that, that's part of life and it's, it's part of our callings, but it's ultimately being a child of God, being an ambassador, as 2 Corinthians 5 says. But I want to focus in on this word, run with patience quickly, the race that is set before us. Because oftentimes we, we can get on the, on the right track, so to speak, and, and we believe, okay, cool, we call for ambassadorship and I want to be a, a great ambassador through being an employee of this company, or I want to be a great ambassador as a friend even, in relationships. I want to be a great ambassador in my friendship to Devon. What does that mean? It, it means that I'm representing Christ in my relationship to Devon. It's, it means that I'm bearing fruit in my relationship to this individual, in this specific setting. But oftentimes, like I said, we, we get on track and we, we, we've got the right mindset, but then we're not running with patience. We're not running this race of ambassadorship, this race of, of representing Jesus, this race of being a witness of Christ. We're not doing it with patience. What is patience? It's not just someone's name, but it's actually, it's a very specific thing. It's not just the fruit of the Spirit. Oftentimes we think patience and we, we, we think of patience in a very passive way. Passively waiting, right? Oftentimes you're like, okay, I'm going to be patient. And then you like sit on the couch and you switch on the TV. And like, cool, I'm patiently waiting on the Lord. And you're watching some Netflix. <laughs> and you're thinking like you're being patient. The Strong's Dictionary defines patience as a, a cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constant, uh, consistently. A cheerful or hopeful endurance and being consistent in that. Man, endurance. Why does it have to be linked to endurance? Who of you likes to endure difficulty? It's not fun. Think of it in, a, in just a practical exercise sense. Going for a long run, like, man, 
it's not fun. Like in this heat, imagine all of us had to do like, I'm sure some of us would easily do 5K, 10K, some of us would be able to do that. But if you push to 24K, it's like, it's going to narrow down this room to 1% or so. That would be excited to even consider that. Endurance is not fun. But it was never intended to be fun. The Christian life was never intended to be a fun life. It was intended to be a significant life. A fruitful life. And bearing fruit is not always going to be fun. Or it's not always just going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Enduring and choosing life versus death. Because those choices are, are laid out in front of us continually. So in this year we're going to have opportunity to endure to run this, this race with patience, with endurance, not quitting, not giving up. Making the right decisions, choices, and decisions for life in line with the Word of God, in line with His leading and His guiding, versus not. And just kind of dropping the ball. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Very practical. Like it's, it's awesome when the Word of God is full of practical nuggets of, of direction, of leading, of guiding. And here we find another one in verse 4. And every day, again, we're going to have decisions as to what we are looking to. What are you looking to today, tomorrow, for this year? What is your focus? Because your focus will determine your life. Proverbs says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The things that you are meditating on, the things you are focusing on, the things that you are setting your attention to is going to determine how you're going to live this year. How this year is going to end out for you is going to be determined by your focus, by what you are meditating on. And it practically gives us such a simple answer, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then it says how he ran this race. He's raised specifically of not necessarily being a witness because he's life himself and he made witnessing possible for us, so to speak. But expresses and it shows us how he ran his race of significance, so to speak. And all of us, I believe, want to run races of significance, live lives of significance. And how are we going to do that? Look at Jesus. How did he do it? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Endurance. He ran this race patiently by doing something. Looking to a joy that was set before him. What was this joy? Was it the joy of, of having no problems in heaven? No. He's got no problems in heaven. So it's a, But it's not that. What was the joy that was set before him? Was it that... He wouldn't get tired anymore on earth, that he wouldn't have to think about food and cooking and having people that want to kill him. No, that wasn't the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? It was us. Each one of us sitting here this morning, that was Jesus' joy. People, mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. The joy that was set before Jesus was us and his motivation was love. Love was his motivation 
And His love impacted our eternities. Praise God. His love and His decision impacted our eternities. And that's the joy that was set before Him. Choosing love and choosing in light of eternity. That is joy. That is true joy. Maybe you, you, you're planning different things this year and you're like, man, if I do this, then I'm going to be the most joyous person on the face of the earth. If I get that car, if I get that promotion, if I get that job, if I, if I get that wife, or if I get that husband, if I get that body, if I, you fill in the blank. The list will go on and on and on thinking those things are going to bring you joy. Unspeakable. If Jesus chose like that, we wouldn't be here today. He chose differently. He chose a different form of joy. A joy that was motivated by love and a joy that was linked to eternity. So we get to two, run our races with the joy that is set before us. And what is that? People. We get to make decisions as children of God to run like Jesus. To be motivated by love and to have our decisions linked to people's eternities. Man, if you want to start experiencing purpose, fulfillment, joy unspeakable, then start living the life that Jesus laid out for you. Start running the race that Jesus set out before you. And that race is being an ambassador of Him and His kingdom. Making decisions daily, weekly, monthly, yearly that is linked to your sonship, your ambassadorship. Love motivating you to impact people's eternities. How do you impact someone's eternity, you might ask? Is it by giving them a piece of bread? Is it by Smiling at them, winking at them. Food can open up an opportunity for you to impact someone's eternity, yes. But food is not the answer. Food programs and things like that should be a means to an end. And the end is sharing the gospel. Because that's the only possible way that you can impact someone's eternity, is giving them the gospel, which is Jesus, what He's done for us. And what he's done for us is a very specific thing. And we've, we've looked at this over and over again. And probably next week we'll look at it a little bit more with our Vision Sunday. But just in short, the gospel is a specific message. And Jesus talks about this in John chapter 5, Luke chapter 24. He, he talks about this and he talks about going through the scriptures and, and, and opening up the understanding to see what the scriptures meant. What the scriptures pointed to. And it pointed to Jesus. The message of the Bible is Jesus, the gospel. Him dying for our sins, Him being raised from dead, pouring out His Spirit so that whoever believes in Him would have and experience eternal life. What's eternal life? It's not just going to heaven. It's a life of significance. Jesus in me, Jesus living through me. And however that might, might look. Smiles are going to be part of it. Praise God. A Christian that's not smiling... I doubt whether they've experienced Jesus. We should be people of joy, people of hope, because we've believed and we've received the hope of life, the Prince of Peace. Man, we should be the most peaceful people on the face of the earth. If you're not experiencing peace, then get back to sitting at Jesus' feet. Mary and Martha, great passage of Scripture. Martha was running around. She was not experiencing peace. She was experiencing turmoil, anxiousness. Like, is the food going to be hot? Like, is Jesus going to like this new recipe of mine? Like, what did Mary do? She sat at Jesus' feet. 
And why did Mary experience? She experienced peace. She didn't have a care in the world. Maybe you've got many cares in this world and you're worried and you, as Martha, you're just troubled by many things. What was Jesus' response to Martha? Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Maybe you're Martha here this morning. Jesus is inviting you to look to the example of Mary. What do you say? Mary has chosen the one good thing that will not be taken away from her to sit at my feet. Receive from me. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and we're coming to a close. So again, we're talking about making decisions and it's one thing to, to be sitting here this morning and, and you're like, you're being stirred in faith and the word is encouraging you. You're like, man, this is a good word. The fool also probably thought it was a good word. Matthew 7. He was like, man, that's a good word. Good instruction, Jesus. It's a parable, so it wasn't, Jesus wasn't directly giving the, 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 the guys the word, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Good word, Jesus. Good word, Etienne. The fool probably thought that same thing. But guess what the fool didn't do? Act on the word. To all of you here this morning, you get to sit here and be like, man, wow, I'm so blessed. That, that was a good word. <laughs> Bravo, Etienne. I'm going I'm to post some of this to Facebook. <laughs> That's not acting on the word. Action requires change. And so there's going to be some things that God is inviting you to lay down. Change. Action. There's going to be some things that He's going to lead you to pick up. Action. Change. But praise God, when we're choosing His way and stepping into what He's is leading us to, whether to lay down, whether to pick up, it's going to bring about so much fruitfulness in our lives, so much significance, so much purpose, which is what we're all desiring. Significance, purpose, fruitfulness, joy, satisfaction. Those are words that this world is seeking, running after. Those are words that we have an answer to how we can experience it, and it's Jesus. Choosing what He wants us to lay down, choosing what He wants us to pick up. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 from the Amplified Classic says, Likewise, you are younger and less in rank. Be subject to the elders, the ministers and spiritual guides of the church. It's important to, to firstly, I'm going to stop at a few points here, because there's so much to talk about. In the body of Christ... And in some translation, kind of gives you this, this idea of young and older in the sense of age. Now, there are aspects of age when it talks about young and old and having respect to the older people and things like that. There's, there's a time and place for that. But in the body of Christ, when it's talking about young and older or elders here, it's the, the, the Amplified Classic specifically defines this for us. It's not about age because some of you are older than I'm in this room. So by that definition, I cannot be your elder. I cannot be your minister. I cannot be your spiritual guide. So it's important to say that because sometimes we get confused on those things. So it says here, um, You are younger and less of rank. Be subject to the elders, the spiritual guides of the church, giving them due respect and yielding to their counsel. Clothe or apron yourself, all of you, with humility as the garb of a servant, so that its covering uh, cannot possibly be stripped from you, with freedom from pride and arrogance towards one another. Now that's powerful, that's awesome, because that opens up with this, this idea, cool, the younger, the lesser of rank, and it's not talking about who's more spiritual, who's more anointed, we're all equally anointed. What's anointing? It's being filled with the Spirit of God. So if you believe you're filled with the Spirit of God, 
There's no other type of believer. There's one kind of believer. There's one type of Christian and there's one that's got the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. Now that's a, there's an activating, and that's a different story, activating and stepping out on what is inside of you, stirring the gift, fanning into flame the gift that God has given you. But that's a different story. But yeah, it's talking about the, the, the younger being subject to the elders. But then it also goes into clothe yourselves, all of you. Who's all of you? The younger and the elder. You and me. Clothe yourselves with humility. What is humility? As the garb of a servant so that his covering cannot possibly strip from you with freedom from pride and arrogance. Humility is being free from pride and arrogance. Humility is someone that is a servant. Because it's humbling to serve someone. And that invitation is not a, a, a command from God. It's an invitation from God as, as many of the, the instructions in the word. Being invitations rather than commands. But this is something that we get to choose this year. And this is going to bring about fruitfulness for your life. Not just this year, next year and the rest of your life. Clothe ourselves, all of you with humility. Be free from pride and arrogance towards one another. What does God say? For God sets himself against the pride, the prideful. He opposes, but he gives grace to the humble. Now sometimes we... we we misunderstand the word and we think, for example, man, God is, God is unfair because he's, gonna, he's, he's, he's coming against the prideful. How is he unfair if he gives you a choice to be prideful or to be humble? He's like saying, cool, I've got, a mil I've, got a mil I've got a million rand for anyone who comes up to me after the, 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 the meeting to receive it from me. And then someone comes up to me, receives the money, and then someone else says, that's unfair. That's not unfair. The invitation is there for you, whether you're going to be prideful or whether you're going to be humble. Some people think that God is unfair because I jumped out of an airplane and I didn't fly. I, I, I fell and I hurt myself. <laughs> is God unfair because there's something like gravity? If there wasn't gravity, we, the, this world would look very different. All of us would be floating around here. You've seen maybe spaceship movies where the guys are just floating around and like getting dizzy and whatnot. God is not unfair. The word is not unfair when it talks about there's a, there's a resistance to anyone who is prideful. God gives you the option. Be humble or be arrogant. If you choose humility, there will be an exaltation. There will be increase in your life. And that's, that's one of the keys for us for this year to experience a fruitful year. It's choosing humility. Verse 6 to 8 from the King James says, Humble yourselves, therefore. So in light of this, there's an answer. There's an implication. If we're going to be humble, if we're going to be humble towards one another, there's going to be an exaltation. We can experience more of the grace or the favor of God. But if we're going to be prideful, there's going to be a resisting of that. We're going to miss out on things. So therefore, in light of this, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that you will be exalted. Casting all your cares on him for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he can devour. Casting your cares, that's laying down. There's things again that God is inviting you to lay down. Cares is one of them. And it's easy to define what a care is, what, a, what something is that, that's making us anxious, that, that's taking our our joy from us. It's easy to identify those things. But again, like I said, 
there's weights as well that, that is drawing us and it's pulling us away from running this race that God has set before us. And we need to cast those things down as well. And this word casting is again not a, a, a passive casting, like a, just so by the way, oh, like there's something in my pocket, like throwing it there on the ground. Casting, have, have you seen someone do uh, some, some fishing from the, from the coast when they cast that, uh, that line? There's intent there. There's, there's, there's strategy. There's technique. Casting is not just to like, if you're just going to cast like a nonchalant, you're going to get a, a hook on your ear or somewhere. Like you, you want to cast with, with intent, with purpose, with, with, with focus. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt. And so the point I'm trying to make here, this invitation to cast our cares, it needs to be something that is intentional, something that we identify, this is a weight, this is a sin that is entangling me, it's preventing me from running my race. I want to cast this. And what does the devil do? Oftentimes the devil in verse 8 here, it's talking and it's, remember we, we have to look at the word in context, it says, be sober, your, your enemy, the adversary, he prowls around like a roaring lion. Verse um, Verse, uh, let's look at the, the Passion Translation quickly. and says, If you bow low in God's awesome presence, He will exalt you as you leave the timing in His hands. Pour out all your worries and your stress upon Him and leave them there, for He tenderly cares for you. Be well balanced and always alert, because your enemy, the devil, roams around insistently like a roaring lion looking for prey to devour. So what's going to be one of the tactics of the devil, of the enemy? Get you to pick up things that you shouldn't pick up. Get you to lay down things that you shouldn't lay down. Because his tactic in life is to prevent you from running your race that Jesus set before you. So he's going to throw things at you. And again, sometimes it's going to be things that doesn't seem like it's going to hurt anyone. Right? For example, it's not going to hurt anyone if I, me personally... Start to exercise two hours a day as a New Year's resolution. It's not going to hurt anyone. Like if, if we're going to be honest, right? It's not going to hurt anyone. I'm going to look good in December. But what is it going to do to my family? It's not on the surface going to look like it's going to hurt anyone. But it's going to pull away from my race as an ambassador to my family, to my children to my wife, as an ambassador to you guys, as an ambassador to, to uh, be faithful with the business that God has entrusted to me. So we need to identify those things and look at them, the decisions we're making that's coming up at us, the opportunities, the things that we're considering to lay down in light of the race that God has set before me as an ambassador. Is this pulling away from my ambassadorship, my witnessing, or is this adding to me? For example, ministry school. I'm going to say something that's going to challenge you, can bless you, or can offend you. You get to choose whether you're going to be offended or challenged. No one here in this room should not do ministry school. Okay, let's move on. Why am I saying that? Because that decision will add to you running your race and being a witness and ambassador of the kingdom. So it's a clear decision that is adding to and enabling you on this race that God has set before you. So it's very, it's, it's very nice when you come to a gathering like this and, and you get all of the answers for having an amazing 2023. Right? The fool also had all of the answers. But he walked out of that, that room, so to speak, and he did nothing with the answers. 
He received the perfect instruction. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And you'll experience life. He's like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to try it my way. That's pride. That's the anthem of the world. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to do it God's way. When we make decisions in light with His love and in line with His love and eternity, it will help us to choose between life and death, blessings and cursings. Choosing life versus death isn't always going to be easy. It's going to come with resistance. But praise God, if we choose it and we, we're not shaking away from this and we're enduring in this and we're patient with this, we're going to experience the life and the peace that God intended for us to experience through it. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.